So I'll explain a little bit what Sisters means and um, how we got to this point. Um, so my name is Amelian Kishore Hamilton. I am uh, I'm from Anchorage, Alaska originally, but my father is from East Oakland. He's African American, and my mom is from Japan, and they met in Alaska. So growing up in Alaska, um, I didn't really have any um, access to media, to how to make media. I didn't discover what wardrobe styling was until I was like a junior in college. Uh, and um, essentially what led to the journey of starting Sisters with Invoices was, um, was uh, I, I had a stable styling job with a big network. I used to work for NBC for E News. I got out of that, started freelancing, and had no idea what I was doing. Like, it was the most challenging part of my life um, as a freelancer, as a woman of color, and just the adversity and challenges I would face on set, um, to the point where I had to start my complete life over. And um, yeah, like just faced wanting, you know, faced suicide and confusion and no mentorship and just kind of thought, man, if I can't do what I love, like, what's even the point of, of living, you know? Um, dealing with people with a lot of money, that would make me feel really small, feeling like I had to do things um, to, um, you know, just to, to survive. Um, speaking up on set was something that was so taboo as a person of color to even express uh, being treated unfairly. If I, when I expressed I, would want, I was treated unfairly, I would just never get hired again. Um, so what transpired was, um, oh also, and in addition, um, I was exploited in front of the camera as a model at 24 by Jeremy Scott and Adidas. Uh, as I, was, I was put in a lookbook and it turned into a whole global campaign without my permission. So that, that being exploited in front of the camera and behind the camera, I thought, you know what, like if this is hard for me, and my life is actually pretty good right now. Like, what is what is it like for other people of color? What is it, what are the stories of people, other people that are in the industry that want to make media? Um, and in that journey, uh, started Sisters last August. It uh, it 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 took off, and um, it is a safe space. It's a community that centers around the stories. First of all, it centers on the stories of. Um, of femmes of color uh, in the industry that have like, yeah, like figured and swam through to, you know, a, a sustainable point. Because uh, I feel like um, when you listen to the most unheard demographics um, and the most marginalized demographics, actually you have the most, there's like, the, there's such a wealth of knowledge in those stories. Um, listening to a TED talk or people who just have it all figured out, sometimes I'm like, what am I, like, what's happening right here? Um, I want to know what, it, what, what, how people got through some, through adversity. So what um, this meeting is about is we're going to hold space for the members of the House of Malico. Um, and in holding space, um, In, in holding space, we all, as a, as a group, we're creating a safe space for, for their stories. Um, and also what Sisters provides in that space is that this is not a panel. 
um, this is a space to hear their stories, but at the end of it, uh, we all, you're all free to share knowledge or stories or ask questions and it's a, it's a conversation. You know, so this isn't um, this isn't this isn't a panel <laughs> at all. Um, so with that, um, how about this? Like maybe we could start with like introductions. Just you, could, you guys can each introduce yourself. Um, I'll start with you, Shaw. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hi. Happy Saturday, everyone. Um, I'm Shaw Noor. Um, I'm a writer, a multimedia artist. I do photography. Um, and some light video work here and there. And I feel like I've been um, fucking with the House of Malico since I moved here in 2014 and more officially since 2016. And I'll leave it at that. Hi, I'm Sasha Kelly. I am a founder of House of Malico and a multimedia artist. My name is Charmaine, um, or AKA Queen's Delight. Um, I'm one of the other co-founders of um, the House of Malico, and I'm a performing artist, a filmmaker, installation artist, multimedia artist. My name is Emily McQueen. Um, I'm a musician, and I've been working with the House of Malico for about a year. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to start from childhood. We're going to um, we're going to start with Shaw. Shaw, can you? Okay, so let's like. We're gonna okay since we have a limited amount of time, maybe we can like keep it to like 10, 15 minutes each. So I want you to start from like where you were born, like your upbringing. This is for everybody. Like start from like where you're born, your interests, um, that moment if that happened between like childhood to high school, like you discovering your creative, like your your like that light bulb that clicked. Um, and then, you know, whether or not, like, with college, like, and we can stop at, like, college. We can, like, go to that experience and then we'll... Okay. <laughs> Story time. Oh, this is the microphone, everyone. Story time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was uh, the first person in my family born in the United States. My mom uh, flew from Sudan when she was a number of months pregnant with me, and I was born in Ohio while my dad was finishing up his PhD or getting his postdoc, one or the other. Um, yeah, timelines are fuzzy before you're born. Um, but yeah, so that's where I started. My, my youth was pretty like movement oriented, very diasporic. So my mom would, uh, actually took us back and forth to the Sudan for the first few years of my life because she really did not like the winter in the Midwest. It was way too cold for her. She had the sads and she was just like, I'm going back to the desert. So um, until I was about three, I was just kind of like back and forth. Um, I remember like a winter in Chicago. I remember like sporadic things. And then I remember um, being in the Caribbean, being in Dominica when I was about three years old. Uh, we moved there. I think uh, my mom brought us, she, she tells the story that she brought us all on a plane, all, me and my older sister and my younger sister at this point. So three of us all under the age of five. Um, on a plane with my uncle and my mom to the Caribbean. And we lived there until I was about five. Uh, so I started school out there. Yeah, that was fond memories, sugar canes, and um, like garden in our front house, and my mom took care of that. It was really nice. And then, and then we moved to LA, yeah, when I was five. I lived in LA until I was in high school. It was a pretty sheltered environment. Like I went to a Muslim school, a Muslim private school until about fifth grade, and then I was in public school, and it was a huge culture shock. 
Um, I, I thought all brown people were the same until I went to public school. And then I was like, oh, we actually all have different languages and come from different places and have different cultural backgrounds. Um, yeah, like being in a Muslim <coughs> school, everybody spoke Arabic, even though we were from different places and different colors, right? But we had that like shared culture. And so I learned a lot about other folks of color coming out of that in LA. And I think I really started to blossom as a person in general, but um, my family moved to Florida in high school, when I was in high school, so it was very abrupt. Uh, like, we were in the suburbs in Florida, a very white suburban area, um, and our class dynamics kind of shifted because it was like, like in Florida, just like cost of living is lower, so I feel like we were around a lot more like wealthy people. Um, yeah, and that was really different than being in inner city LA. And so I feel like I was I kind of like shut down a lot in high school and in early college, and I was really confused about who I was and uh, what I liked and what I wanted to do. I was getting very mixed messages from what I what I knew before and what I was experiencing in Florida. So I like very quickly left when I finished my bachelor's programs there, and I moved back to Oakland or back to California, and I came to Oakland um, when I was 22. And so I think somewhere like around probably like 19 or 20 was when I came out as queer and I started like being hella feminist and not shaving anything and going to protests. And um, that's probably around where my creativity in terms of writing, taking my writing a lot more seriously came through. Um, in terms of photography, I, I started really taking film photos when I was 13 on my trips to Sudan. And um, that remains to be like the main catalyst for my photography. Awesome. Where did you go to school? Uh, for my... Which school? Oh, okay. Yeah. I went to school in Florida, right? But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I got my bachelor's in Florida, uh, in Tampa, at the University of South Florida. And I got my master's in San Francisco, California Institute of Integral Studies. And you have, like, a double... Like, were you a double... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many degrees. They're not all necessary. Yeah, my, I had I got a chemistry degree in my bachelor's, and I also studied environmental studies, and I also got a minor in gender studies. I couldn't. I was very indecisive. Y'all could see. <laughs> it's yeah. really tight, though. Yeah. Thank you. And then, um, and so, do you feel that like you coming out and like being like fully like queer and um, in in your element and having exposure helped you like kind of like I, like identify yourself or like find yourself as an artist. Is that when you like were like I'm? In, I think like, it made me find space. myself as a person, as a person, and then therefore like I could create authentic art. Yeah, yeah. I think everything else was like attempts or you know grasping at something, but I didn't really know who I was. Like I tried to write a book when I was 16, but it was like not a good book because I had no idea what I was writing. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like, yeah, knowing myself probably helped me do better art. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Um, okay, so Sasha. Tell us about yourself, like where you're from, like where you're born, and like your trajectory up until like your like, yeah, like college and early 20s. Okay. Um, I grew up in the Bay Area, so I spent a lot of time around like Contra Costa area, Pittsburgh, El Sobrante, Hercules. Um, I don't know, childhood was like, very chill. A lot of time at grandma's house on the weekends in Pittsburgh with all my cousins. Uh, I guess like from childhood I remember just like I'm the only child so spending a lot of time alone mm -hmm. and just kind of like daydreaming, meditating, probably astro traveling, not knowing <laughs> it. Um, 
and I guess hearing Shaw share, like, it reminds me, um, I used to bring disposables to school and, like, take pictures of all my friends and my teachers and all of that, so I feel like that was definitely a seed for me to pick up later in life. And then I also made mix CDs, like when <laughs> Napster first became a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really helpful to think about just how like inner child stuff is like actually having mm-hmm. some weight now. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess I went to high school in Pittsburgh and that was very like, I'm looking for a pleasant word. You don't have to. Uh, <laughs> you can say anything you want. It was, it was just very blah. Um, and yeah, I, I moved around a lot between middle school and and high school. So I went to a school that was mostly all um, black and Filipino of like student body representatives or whatever. And that was an interesting experience. Um, because I felt like there was this like pick your friend, pick your side kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I had to move to Dublin to one of the like top schools in California. And I was like, this shit's like fucking Disney Channel. Like, like literally like high school musical <laughs> weird. Like it was just really weird for me. It was really different. Right. And it was a big culture shock. Um, and then from there, going to Pittsburgh, and it, I guess the community was more similar, but um, yeah, I was definitely like a little lonely emo kid. And um, I, just, I did photography in high school. I had like my favorite teacher, who was my first black male teacher, and we were really close. And I talked him into becoming the yearbook teacher. And then in that, I basically ran the class, but he got paid for it, and that's cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think like in that time, I was able to like get my leadership skills up. Right. And just being able to like, okay, this is my plan. This is what I need to do to make it happen. Um, I went to school at the Academy of Art in San Francisco, and I got a lot of skills, but I think once it came to making conceptual work, there was a lot of disconnect with my professors. Right. And then at the same time, um, I found like my community. Mm. Um, so I had some friends in the Tenderloin and we all lived very close. Um, and then most of them were male or masculine folks and they started them hellas. And I supported with that, and that's how I met Queens. Um, and then I was like, fuck school. I'm gonna like live my passions. Okay. Um, yeah, and I dropped out and I started running a gallery, and then we started a collective, and now we're here. Okay, tight. Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. Can you explain them hellas for people who? don't know, like, yeah. what was comprised of, and it was, like, Duckworth and... Yeah, so Duckworth, Josh Ferrier, Lino Brown, um, Scubalisto, um, Lala Opini was in them hellas. There was definitely a lot of people, but 
What ended up happening is um, someone secured a warehouse in the mission, and then that just became like the pirate clubhouse. Okay. <laughs> and from there, it was like, okay, y'all got this space. It's cool. Y'all can kick it and do whatever extracurricular things you're doing. But let's figure out how we can make it serve community. So we started having a lot of art shows and a lot of parties. And I feel like that really helped us get, like, our experience in producing events. Right. That's yeah. tight. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. So, so Queens, mm-hmm. same for you. Okay. <laughs> um, so in a 60 way, like, my, I, basically my beginnings were very, like, um, I grew up similar to like a military child where I like bounced around a lot but only thing is like my mom was a drug dealer so her work made us bounce around a lot and she was operating out of Santa Rosa so she had very like rich clients um, and I can say that now because she doesn't do this anymore so and she got arrested for it but <laughs> so it's legally I can I can talk about it now but at that time when I was born she had three kids already so she couldn't really take care of me so I went to my grandparents so I didn't really my sisters and my um, brothers they were kind of like in the Bay Area and I was in LA from birth until seven and then my mom wanted to raise me at seven with my siblings so then I moved um, to Santa Rosa and then went to elementary school in Santa Rosa to Whited Elementary and I was the only black girl and I mean it was interesting like I went to school poly class um it was it was pretty interesting space yeah I mean yeah poly class was a thing at that time poly class uh, was a girl who um she was like a wealthy um, little white girl who got uh, kidnapped from her home at a sleepover in Santa Rosa and murdered. Oh, wow. And um, it was, yeah, it was like, it was like a mystery. People didn't know that for a long time and they prosecuted um, a person of color for doing it. And um, it was just like all of these kind of like sus details around it. It was like, you know, like white only her. And it was, it was just like a lot of, details um but like yeah she was a a class ahead of me so like I just went but I just say that to say like that's the kind of school I went to like this boy Brandon Tiffany from the Tiffany families from Tiffany's went to school with me so there was like these really really rich kids and here I am I can't really say what my mom does because what she does is illegal but it makes enough money for me to be in this school so as the only person of color it was very isolating and um and yeah and so um that was how it was from like 7 to like 11 12 and then my mom decides to relocate to Sacramento and um I went to junior high school a little bit there um oh before we moved to Santa Rosa my big sister she she went away to youth authority for um she did some time and my sister was like a really talented rapper and so that was like my introduction to rapping and writing, because um, she was she had all these books. This is like back in the day before phones, and like everybody wrote in rap books, lyric books. So she had these books, and when she went away to YA, how I like kind of connected with her was like reading through all her raps, and then like in pages that were left over, I started to write my own raps. So it was like a journaling process for me, and it was like really like personal. 
Um, but it was cool because it was a process that I got to do no matter where we moved. So, like, my cousins and them, they hated me. Like, I would record over their, like, SWV tapes, rapping. <laughs> and my cousin was like, you've been cussing. And I'm like, what? No. She's like, I got you on recording <laughs> cussing on my SWV tape. Um, so, yeah. So, it, uh... It was that's how that was my introduction to like rapping and my, and my relationship to writing was very like in response to adversity and like being able to talk about it. Um, but it, I never really shared it until I got to junior high, and I did a um, uh, uh, like a talent show and I did a poem, and everybody like people were like quiet and then they clapped, and I was like really scared, shaking. And then after it, I thought nobody really fucked with it. They just gave me, like, pity claps. And what I found out was that everybody was very shocked because I was a very quiet person, and they didn't know I had that much power in my words. And, um, and everybody was like, that was so amazing, you know? And then unfortunately, like, after that moment, I had to move back to LA so like I didn't really get to root myself there but I moved back to LA and we I went to school um at LA high for for my for well I finished junior high school there and then I went I graduated and went to um LA high my freshman year and and then um yeah like it's just like a, a lot of adversity like uh people got like um murdered out there that uh, was close to us and my grandma just didn't feel like it was safe anymore so she moved us all and when I say us all it was like 11 little cousins she was raised uh, she was raising of mine and me and my sisters so it was like 13 of us we all moved to Sacramento with our other family and and so it's like 25 kids like we're pretty much the whole neighborhood wow and yeah and then we um um, from there, that's kind of where I got into more into like video work because it was so many of us. My grandma asked me what I wanted for Christmas, and I just told her a, um, a video camera, and she just got me that one thing. And I just spent that time making music, vi- fake music videos with my friends, like little Kim songs. We're like, oh, what would happen? What would this video look like? And we would just do it, or we would just do skits, and I would videotape. And so that's how I kind of got into doing video work and my introduction to that. And then in high school, I did um, um, I did yearbook too. So I did some photography and writing there. And um, and then when I graduated, I went to um, a two-year college. And I had after I finished my two years at the two-year college at Sacramento City College. Um, I had, no one in my family had ever gone to college, so my, my counselor was like, okay, what are you going to do? You're finishing your, your two years. And I, she was like, I think you should go a four-year. And I was like, all right. And she was like, pick a school. And I just arbitrarily said Howard University because, not arbitrarily, but it was connected to Puff Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and and kind of find he never graduated, but like I just knew he went to Howard. So I applied, and I got in. I moved to D.C., and then from D.C., um, I, I was introduced to one of my homies, Jen. We were doing a radio show out there together, and she was doing her master's in film. And it just hella inspired me to do my master's in film, which brought me to San Francisco State. And when I was doing that process, um, I got to travel a lot. I got to go to China. I got to go to um, 
just like a lot, like just different countries. And then when I finally came home, I was like, okay, I need to find community. I need to root myself. I don't know what that feels like. And that's when I met Sasha and them hellas. And that was my community. That's how I got rooted into being creative in the Bay Area. And um, yeah, and then from them hellas, me and Sasha felt like there was something very specific that we needed as films. And also like our visions, like we, we, we had a vision um, of this of like doing more curated art events, doing, um, having more structure, um, being able to make a living off of our art and our work. And um, so that brought us to doing um, The House of Malico. Yeah. Tight, thank you for that. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing your story. Um, okay, so Emily, <laughs> your turn. Um, so I was born in Connecticut, um, like, 30 minutes outside of New York City um, in a really wealthy neighborhood. Um, uh, Segregation um, was very apparent there, um, socioeconomically. Um, So I grew up in like Section 8 housing where pretty much there are three Section 8 housings in the town and that's where pretty much the majority of the people of color were um, in, you know, in those three Section 8 housing complexes. Um, my mom's white, my dad's black, okay. and uh, I, uh, yeah, high school was re, or I guess I'll start before. I went to a an elementary school that was kind of like an alternative, kind of like a hippie. Montessori-esque um, school because my mom worked there. Um, and so it was completely different worlds going like home and being there. And, like, you know, you talk about your feelings a lot at school and like, you know, have circles and barefoot and then on the playground, like you have to like, people are teasing you and you know, I was just the weird girl with ferrets. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I had ferrets growing up. Um, and, you know, spent a lot of time alone. And just uh, really awkward. Um, and uh, in high school, it was really hard. Um, it was, like, straight out of a, you know, a movie in the 90s where, like, the tables are... You know, this is the black section, this is the white section, this is the Asian section. Um, So I ate a lot of my lunches in the library. Um, And um, I did some plays and uh, sang. Like, I wrote a lot of songs growing up and um, did musicals. And... um, yeah, I uh, graduated early because um, I hated high school so much. It was either I was going to drop out or, um, you know, finish early. So I graduated when I was 16, and um, I went to Fordham University in the Bronx um, after graduating. Uh, so I moved to the Bronx when I was 16 and um, was there for a semester. I wanted to be a curator, um, but... Uh, I really didn't like uh, what Fordham was either because it felt like the same exact thing, like this weird kind of isolating like fence around, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Fordham campus, but it's like 
uh, there's the Bronx, and then there's huge fences around, and then there's this, you know, kind of, like, uh, Ivy League-looking school that's just, like, just ominous and just kind of sectioning off the neighborhood, and they weren't really participating in to the neighborhood. Anyways, um, so... I transferred to uh, New School University to study jazz, to study music, and um, and that's where I got my degree. And I lived in New York for about four years, and then um, moved out to San Francisco, and that's where I met Sasha in the Tenderloin. And then um, I uh, moved back to New York for a couple of years, and then moved back out here. And yeah, I'm finally kind of rooting myself. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you for sharing. Thank you all. Thank I appreciate all of you for sharing your journeys. They're all super beautiful. And it's interesting to see how you've all come together. So first, so you so Sasha and Queens, you guys met in Hella, sorry. Yeah, them Hellas. Them Hellas. In San Francisco in the mission. In the mission. And what year was that? 2011? 2011, yeah. I started school in 2010. Okay. And how long were you guys... And that was when you formed Mal, Mal, uh, Maladoma Collective. What is Maladoma? What does that mean, the word Maladoma? So Maladoma... Where did that come from? It came from Maladoma Somme. And um, their name means um, friend of a stranger. Um, friend of it. I think it's friend of a stranger. Um, or an enemy. Or an enemy. Or an enemy. Okay. Or an enemy. <laughs> yeah. That's tight. Which, yeah, we thought was tight. We was like, um, because, like, just to speak frankly, in that collective, there was people who we really fucked with, and there was people who we didn't really fuck with how they moved, but we still, like, treated the relationship like compost, like, try to make it more so that we could uh, grow something new from um, what we were experiencing. And that, that, sound, that felt like a lot of labor. So yeah. we decided to try to do it uh, with just women um, to see if that was less labor, which it wasn't. It was just different labor. Yeah. <laughs> Humans <laughs> require labor. Yeah, hum- yeah relationships yeah. require... Require yes, emotional labor, energy, open ear, open heart. Yeah. Um, it just you know showing up, being present. Um, so yeah, so and 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 that's how Maladoma Collective came about in 2012. In 2012, and then when did so was it were so Sasha and Queens? You were a Maladoma Collective. Like, were was Emily and Shaw part of Maladoma, or did? Did you guys come on after? Or when did I mean, so Maladoma, we had, um, I guess maybe like probably 2014, because that's when I had Amina. Mm-hmm. Um, we had like our first, or like one of our um, introductory cohort kind of situations. And we had about 16 folks um, that was on board for the team for that. Um, Emily and I have been friends probably since like 09, 010. Um, and I definitely was like, yo, what's up? Let's do this thing. Um, but Emily was, you know, like doing her own thing. And 
Um, Shaw was in Women's Creative Collective, right. and we did a lot of collaborations. Um, yeah, like within the collective, and then with Shaw, and once we transformed to the House of Malico, Shaw came on board. Okay, got you. And then all four of you became the House of Malico mm-hmm. after you left Women's Creative. Yeah, Maladoma. Yeah, because the House of Malico, Maladoma was like a collective, and for us to be able to kind of resource share and like we were building, people had their own identities and what they wanted to do, um, like business wise and stuff. So we were like building people like individually and as a collective, we had different business efforts. But the House of Malico was just like us being bold enough to be like, no, this is our company. Yeah. So there was a collective, and now this is like, this is our production company. Like, when we have clients and we can do, because Malado Collective kind of loosely functioned as a network for us to be able to be like, okay, you can do photography, you can do fashion, you can do um, set design. There's this client that needs all of this. Like, let's try to do it together, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes that worked out, sometimes that don't. But like, the house of Malico was just like, okay, like it's it came from that model into like more like a centralized business where we were being bold enough to ask clients like if you need a full scale production company hire all women of color here right you know and um and so that was like that's like the difference in the trends that's how it transformed okay so just to be clear so just it, i'm i'm kind of doing this just in just for people who to familiarize anybody who hears this yeah so House of Malico is a production company, correct? It's a community collective. And then can, can you like, just kind of lay out every everything that, um, yeah, like lay out, um, like specifically like, like all the embodiments of House of Malico, like if you could just like say it all in one. We have, okay, so we have. The services you offer. Um, Okay. <laughs> so real quick correction. Maladoma Collective was the collective, and the House of Malico is the production company. Yeah. So yeah. so we're we're a team, but I feel like okay. So with with the word collective, and I think from our experience, sometimes it could like yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely you know like a collective is like a group of people that come together with a certain goal. Right. The things with collectives is once you reach that goal, you might not need the collective anymore. Right. So that's what we've seen with Maladoma. Like, there was many of us that were in there to where from Maladoma Collective came the House of Malico. From Maladoma Collective came Sumi's Touch. From Maladoma Collective came Goddess Butter. There's right. different people in community who now have solid businesses from the skills that we created together. Bomb Mom Club. Bomb Mom Club, you feel me? <laughs> Been Milky taking the camera seriously, you feel me? Like, a lot of people really, like, it gave us the confidence to be like, actually, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to move forward to do that. With the House of Malico as a production company, we have the production end, which is hire us for your creative productions, for your event productions. Um, Then we have our social practice element, which is Twerk from Mother Earth, Elements Retreat, Alignment Festival, Spectrum Summit, Summit, thank you. (laughs) And, um, And then we're also all artists within our own work. 
So that comes in with us making merch, that comes in with us making books, with us making prints, with us doing visual packages for musical artists. Um, performing so art. Performing <laughs> art. Um, so there's definitely a lot. So when you said it, I was like, don't you do, actually, as I should ask. Yeah, we're, we're figuring that out. But, but I think what feels really good for me about it is, like, Oprah is definitely a fairy godmother of mine. And I feel like, you know, like, Oprah is an entity, you know, or like, oh, O is an entity and there's all of these different things Mm -hmm. and we've always had since Maladoma the idea of having an umbrella company Mm -hmm. that has different things in it and I feel like what we're learning now is how to um, like what works for everyone what's everyone's strengths how to delegate for sure Um, yeah and then like focus on something, bring the whole team in so we can do it well, and then right. completion, closing of a live festival, you feel yes. me? <laughs> and then let's go to the next one. Right, absolutely. Um, thank you for that. So um, tell me what, 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 like, I want to talk about Alignment Festival and what, what spawned you guys to, you all to, to feel compelled to, to do this programming? Uh, was there like a, a sense of need and uh, how did it all kind of come to fruition? I, I know you were able to get some grant funding, which is really tight, just to inspire others that like cause putting on a festival is such a big effort. And it's mm-hmm. I, I'm I, I'm so impressed by the fact that you guys, you all did that and your programming looking and especially with um, your workshop. Thank yeah, it's really tight. So I want to know more about. Each of you, I noticed, put on. I know Emily, you had your own workshop. Um, maybe we could talk about, yeah. So Alignment Fest as a whole, and then each individual workshop that you that um, that was put on. Um, I actually have to leave. So, oh yeah, I'm hustling. I gotta go back to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but my co-facilitator for the workshop is here. Shout out yeah. Fatima. So if there's anything, yeah. if you want a summary of the workshop, she can give it. Okay, tight. Um, yeah, I love you guys. Yeah, yeah thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Gotta go close up shop. Bye. Um, so the festival started from like we seen. Um, so let me just preface it saying like all the tight shit that's happening in the bay, like all the tight parties and um, the collectives, that was not happening when we when like we were first meeting up in 2010 and 2011 like that wasn't really the case there wasn't really that many um non-hyphy um (laughs) uh like um party spaces i didn't really see any youth art uh spaces or like focus on when i say youth like 18 to 26 27 uh demographic i didn't really see that many of those types of things happening and so like with them hellas and then like other things happened like around the same time them hellas was happening um uh wine and bow ties was doing events um you start to see like this a momentum and um we were like very inspired by the fact that like in this in this space in this time that we were being creatives people were bold enough to be like okay boom I'm doing a festival. And what we realized is that we were doing so much programming throughout um, the year that we were like, damn, like if we just concentrated all of our programming to one month or even a weekend, 
we will be doing a festival as well because we were do we was doing twerk for Mother Earth. We were doing workshops. We were doing retreats. We were doing all these things, but it was kind of like more spread out. And we were like, okay, so this was like a, a strategy of ours to see and test the waters. Like, what if we are bold enough to call all of our programming a festival? What does that look like? What would that feel like? Um, and we thought it feels like alignment, you know? Yeah. Um, we have this amazing team that um, offers many different services and um, knowledge base that they can offer to the community. And... Um, and we also did twerk for Mother Earth, and we're like, okay, we want to do a big twerk for Mother Earth because we do them smaller, usually more intimate, and um, and they're always super cracking and always go, you know. Yeah, go. no, I'm like, when can I attend? <laughs> well, coming to LA very soon. Yeah. Um, um, and so that was the impetus was just us saying, being bold enough to say, okay. And um, shout out to Akanandi for um, we we pitched to Akanandi for some of the programs, but they gave us a, like most of our funding for this, along with um, a different grant. Um, Zellerbach Family Foundation. Zellerbach, yeah, Zellerbach gave us some um, some funds to do it too. And this, because we felt like this was the prototype, we were okay with like intimacy and like figuring out like how to move and how to do it. And we did it for every weekend in Women's Month because we we're women of color. We were like, this feels like a good time to activate. Um, and yeah, so each one of us kind of like lead, led um, workshops. But like, I want to just say this so that it's forever recorded. Like, I always say respect the architect. Sasha is the architect. Like, she is the one, she is the glue that. <laughs> She's shy about it. Um, but she is the glue that, that help, holds everything together. She has a million and one ideas and she knows how to fucking work them and make them so that they are doable for us and um so like i credit us being bold enough to step out and strategy to her but each but like each one of us did kind of like step up to the challenge and like take the reins for each event so that um that's that on that but like if y'all want to talk about like y'all different events i think it's yeah i okay i i like to so with so we had two workshop days we had the exhibit mm-hmm. um and we did a hosted by the homies so i'll talk about hosted by the homies um and maybe rewind a little bit so like may mentioned like we've always done a lot of programming throughout the years and um we are like okay let's let's bring all these things in one Um, And also, like, honor the things that we've been doing for community. So Hosted by the Homies has been going on since, like, 2011. Can you explain what Hosted by the Homies is? Hosted by the Homies is a potluck event, and the idea is for it to be something that's hyper-local, that's always either at a different space or a different person's house. And it's really just to open up people to be vulnerable and, like, have intimate space because it's like, okay, if we're going to this club or this whatever you know you can have a mask but if someone's in your house in your bathroom in your kitchen you know there's a certain um intimacy you have to share with people even if it's someone in your workspace or in your studio space um and the goal has always been to inspire people to collaborate um and we we usually always have an activity 
So at Hosted by the Homies on the 9th, we had it here at Culture Collective, and it was great because people got to see the exhibit. And then we collaborated with Macrowaves to do a community resource mapping project. So we had a survey, which we still have, which is on our website. There's a few people in here who can fill that out. Um, and the goal was to get folks to fill out the survey to see what resources they have to offer community and then what resources that they need. Oh, I yeah. heard about this. Yeah, so, so tight. Yeah, yeah actually, Will, really cool. we were talking about this last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was super inspiring. Yeah. What was yeah, done with Macaways, and we have some video and some picture okay. of it um they activated this wall space and it was a, so after people filled out the surveys the information was projected live on like pie charts that were 3d wow on this so wall crazy. yeah yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah it was really tight and so wow. they microwaves are, they're super dope um installation community folks and um amongst hella other stuff yeah um but yeah i just wanted to throw that in there like there, there was like an actual survey but then like they created like a whole visual um visual visualization a 3d visualization wow. of it which yeah. was pretty tight yeah that's next level it's yeah. crazy and just with the goal because it's like a lot of times we do surveys we fill out we give people our data uh, but then maybe it ends up as a spreadsheet or you don't know. You just get weird calls on your phone. So <laughs> the goal with this was to be able to be like, okay, here's the data and you can see it live, see how you're making an impact and be able to digest it in a way that like all the kids that came through are like, oh, okay, this color is artist or, you know, or whoever is able to take that information in. Um, is it a way for you to like, like pair need, like people's mm -hmm. needs and, and find a way to source? That's, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's definitely, we like from that project, like that night there, a lot of folks were inspired and there was a lot of like, we've just been dreaming about what our next steps can be um, because we realized like, at, like our community is abundant mm -hmm. you know and like we have a lot of resources so yeah. that's right uh emily you had a workshop too right yeah. do you want to share a, little, a bit about it and then yeah we'd love for you to come up with fatima and explain your workshop with shah um so it's a creativity workshop um the idea kind of came from a conversation uh, with Sasha, us just kind of talking on the phone, and um, I've been working through some uh, writer's block and um, been digesting a lot of information about creativity, and I thought it would be a really great idea to kind of share what I've been learning along the way, um, and to yeah and to share it and it was a great process because while creating this workshop I was working through a lot of the um a lot of the things that I was talking about so like you know the inner critic trying mm -hmm. to stop me or um you know uh, just a lot of my blocks I was working through while creating this workshop so uh that felt really good to do and um yeah it was amazing to have that opportunity and to have that space to kind of share that process. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
So do you want to come and explain? Like, uh, have a seat? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just come by on the microphone. <laughs> you come up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah come sit here. <laughs> oh, oh, hi. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about the workshop you did with Shaw. Um, is manifestation workshop, right? It's a um, creative embodiment writing okay. to okay. from and for the margins. And so um, Shaw developed the workshop at CIS with um, another person. And last year they brought me on of like, oh, let's work and do this workshop together um, that utilizes embodiment practices and um, like black feminist writing, like you and like theory to engage with people's authentic voices as a way of like tapping deeper into our creative expression. And so it's like less focus about the how, but it's like on the what, like what are you actually like voicing and like what are you moving through your body? And yeah, it's, I've we've done it like together maybe like five times now. And it's just like, it's beautiful to see people's uh, response to it and see how it like people really um, engage with it and how it feels so necessary. Like the first time we did it was at the Empowering Women of Color conference last year at Cal. And um, the room was packed. Like people were still on the floor. Like people literally couldn't get into the room anymore. And wow. there's a partnering exercise where you check in with the person, ask them how they're doing while placing your hand on their heart. And literally like most times when we do that, people just like start crying. And it's like people walking, carrying this stuff in their bodies that they're not even like fully conscious of. And so like just for people to have that space to feel safe-ish, like safe to open up to themselves and like open, sharing that openness to another person is really beautiful. Wow. Okay. Yeah, thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for sharing that. That's really beautiful. Like um, Dr. Joy DeGruy talks about how like the, like our trauma like, like carries in our, in our bodies and like mm -hmm. in our eggs, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, generationally from like, you know, like we carry the trauma like over and over and over. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, uh, what I find so beautiful about what you guys are doing and just seeing all this blossoming work of um, femmes and people of color just trying to like get past the trauma, mm. right? Because it's, it, I mean, just in past generations, like even with my grandmother or my father, like people don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. People don't want to face it. It's, you know, it's, it's such a huge burden to bear as a person of color. And it has been for so many years, but I think you guys are so fearless and brave and forward thinking and future. And I mean, you just the examples of, of you're such uh, incredible examples of, of um, nonlinear, you know, uh, blackness, you know, like and so I'm so grateful to be a part of uh, Sisters is so grateful to be part of your closing um, you're closing out. Thank you for having us. Really appreciate appreciate yes. you and appreciate the work that you do. You're a huge inspiration. Seriously. Thank yeah. Thank you. So thank you so much. Um, so uh, what we'll do now is, does anybody have any any questions or any anything to add? Any, any um, yeah. What's the biggest thing y'all have learned with this festival? Start everything early. <laughs> like, start pitching the sponsors, start write grant writing. Like, we're finishing down and we're like thinking about next year. Mm -hmm. um, we feel like it was a seed, definitely, planted. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, we did a lot with a little. And um, I'm so proud of us. But also, I, we, like, in the spirit of abundance and knowing that we deserve. 
we're going to ask early so people can say yes early. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. Thank you for that. I need that. I need that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Right. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. And then. Um, does the House of Malico have any internships? <laughs> yeah, bro. Come on. Because <laughs> that's okay. Yes, we do. Um, there's like a form on our website for that. Um, and when thinking of the biggest thing that I learned from this is like really feeling comfortable to ask for help mm-hmm. and like learning how, how to delegate. So like small tidbit, we started using Asana this year okay. and like Asana just sponsors. learning. You feel me? You mean a commercial? But like really like learning how like what's an effective way to communicate with so many people who have so many different communication styles? What's a way to remind people that they got shit to do without feeling like I'm their mom and they're avoiding my phone call? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like yeah, and being able to to navigate like receiving support. There's definitely folks that have, like offered support, and we've been like, oh, I don't know how to take this, mm-hmm. but thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, and like being comfortable to take it, and also just really being comfortable to ask or like just demand. Like, okay, I can't do you. Oh, we need this thing. Yeah, do that thing. You do that thing. You know, and I think that's something like. Um, as black women, as women, as nurturers, as humans, um, strong humans, it can be easy to be like, oh, I'm strong, I have all this. Yeah. Um, but if you want it to grow to a certain level, you have to understand that like, it takes support to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And also like relinquishing control to a certain extent of like, yeah, you have the vision, um, but if you're good at what you do, you'll be able to communicate it in a way that hopefully that intern, that was actually a wonderful thing with having Shaw on the team is Shaw came in as an intern mm-hmm. and building that relationship, she started to get what the company was about. She started to get the branding and then be able to take ownership and like, okay, well, like now I understand where y'all are coming from. Y'all see where I'm coming from. I can support in this way. Right. Um, so that was kind of a circle, but we do have internships, and so that would be awesome. Yes. Okay, come on. Yes. Okay. Love, Mission love. accomplished. Yeah. Okay. Score. Yeah. I also, I just want to say that um, I've learned so much from these two, and also shy um, women. Um, their bravery of just. Um, and their initiative. Uh, I've just learned so much, and I just want to say thank you. Thank I know you. I've said it before, but um, yeah, you guys are really amazing and so inspiring, and I've just learned so much. And yeah, that's. I just wanted to say that publicly. Yeah, Ashe. And I'm, I'm gonna. I'll, I really probably shouldn't take this moment. I should take this moment to say thank. Uh, you're welcome, or like you're welcome, and move on because I know that's what practice but I have to just say that you're very modest about yourself like you like your workshop really changed my creative practice like as an artist and it did that and I was sharing the information that you gave me to other people like I was like did you know that like she was talking about like the work clock and like how we always focus on producing but actually there's all these other things that we need to be you need rest 
And we, we in the society, we um, were taught that rest, rejuvenation, inspiration, like getting inspired and like, you know, doing mood boards, like all that process is like wasting time or procrastination when actually that's a very important part of your creative process. Mm -hmm. And it took all the guilt yeah. off of just like produce, 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 yeah. produce. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, so like, thank you for that. Like yeah. you came in <laughs> um, to the group and added so much and I have no doubt that you will. And everybody who we like, you know, we just, Fel Coochie just came in, we hired her to, to DJ and be a, like, like, like Helping us with um, the book. The, yes, helping us with the book. Yeah. Uh, um, Rose, Concrete Rose is helping us, uh, helped us with makeup. And uh, Ben Milky has been helping us with photography and documentation. Like our whole community pulled the fuck together to make it happen for us. And like they always bring to us like new knowledge and new like ways of doing things that we didn't even know. And we're just like so grateful to like the 13th degree. Like, thank yeah. you so much for supporting us and helping us put this first festival on. Cause yeah. this is just the first, like it's gonna yeah. be every year and it's gonna get better yeah. every year. Yeah. And it's documented. So I know that um, Tasha's gonna make sure it happens. put the microphone close to Remember what you said. <laughs> That's so cool. Like. I, um, with Sisters with Invoices, we, we push like human first, money second as a perspective of productivity, of work, of, of sisterhood, of, um, of a way for all of us to um, prevail in media and arts. And I think your community and, and the way that you each affirm each other, um, the way that you, um, like there's no, you know, and I think in a lot of patriarchy and, and what we're taught in America, there's a lot of I and oneness and um, inability for people to acknowledge that it takes a village. You know what I mean? So um, it was just such uh, amazing examples of what it can, what it, what it can look like, what it will look like in the future for, for those of us that want to be a part of making media. And I think it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I, I appreciate, um, I appreciate meeting other sisters that, are, are pushing that forward because it's it's really it's really not that serious but it is serious mm -hmm. right and yeah. and you get more from people when they feel good and they feel human and mm -hmm. um, and I think that like that's why like the quality of um, yeah, the quality that, the feeling that we get, like even just in this space, and it's it's such an intimate space. But I I feel, I feel so honored to to be amongst other creatives that are are part of that narrative. And um, I'm just yeah. So I just want to say thank you guys, and thank all of you for holding space. Yeah. So give you a round of applause.